Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anytime during my 10 years, I could do this. That's power. That's power. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is up. And it's gone! Wolfpack wins! It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. All right, folks. Welcome to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. We are not at our usual location this evening. Uh, Tis the season for family illness, apparently. Uh, we got some sick kids in the house here and uh, certainly didn't want to introduce us to the environment over there at Amedios. Uh They take care of me. I don't want to start not taking care of them. But uh, we're recording from my house here, and uh, we've got a familiar face on the phone uh, with us, Julius Hodge. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself, James? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, as we were just talking about off air, I'm, I'm praying to not catch whatever it is that's running its way through my household, but... Um, as you said, I should just toughen up and, uh, in any way, shape or form that I as a human can physically keep a germ from entering my body and, uh, doing what it does, I will, I will man up and <laughs> do that. Uh, that's, that's the ultimate game of defense right there. Just, uh, you know, keeping those, uh, little boogers at bay. Um, but I'm sure as a parent, you know that as well. Once, once the sickness kind of enters a household, it's, it's pretty tough, but, um, uh, that's how it goes. That's life, as they say. That's right. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, I do want to thank the folks at Amedios. Uh, even though we're not there this evening, they always uh, take care of us. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned over the years the different specials that you could take advantage of. You know, we'll have some away basketball games in the coming weeks that you guys can go to Amedios and watch on the big screens there. Take advantage of that. Students, you know, you always get a good discount with your student ID. Uh, not just NC State students, any of the local colleges can go to Amedios and show your ID there. So, uh, again, take care of Amedios because they do take care of us. Um, Jules, we've got a couple of games to discuss, um, but uh, I did want to um, and, and would feel remiss if we didn't start the show off just briefly um, talking about the passing of Stuart Scott. Um, you know, obviously he was known to, you know, sports fans nationwide and across, you know, the world really for his work on, uh, Sports Center. But, you know, he had particularly strong ties locally having gone to UNC and, you know, he worked at, um, WTVD, I believe, as an intern under, uh, Larry Stogner and then, um, did, uh, some time at WREL as well, uh, before he proceeded on the lad, on his way up the ladder and, kind of made a name for himself so i'm just wondering if um you know you had some thoughts about stewart's passing maybe you had an opportunity to meet him at some point in time um was there a, a game of yours or a highlight of yours in particular that uh you got to hear him make a call on on a, a episode of sports center 
um I I've never met uh Stu but uh I was definitely um uh very sad to hear about his passing. Um he was a great guy, a great person. He's one of those people that those people that he was such a good person that even if you didn't meet him, you know, you thought you knew him. Hmm. Um so for him to have that kind of spirit and to be able to give off that kind of um aura while he was here and living uh, is a great thing. Um I'm sure he's he's called many of my highlights, but I remember the the, the first time I was ever on uh, ESPN. Um, I think it was either the, my first or second game in my college career, and uh, I remember it because um, at the time I was a freshman, and Dewan Wagner was a freshman at Memphis, and they showed his highlights, and then they showed mine right after, and I, I believe I had a double double in it, and um, then he said he said uh, something to the amount of uh, these two freshmen. Uh, are going to do big things in the future. And I I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> Stuart, Stuart Scott's mentioning my name on SportsCenter. So uh, I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Now, did he happen to, you know, uh, be working the evening of the, uh, the you know, the UConn game where you hit that runner to send us to the Sweet 16? Did he happen to call that highlight by any chance? Oh, man, I – I, I don't even remember. Mm. I don't even think I I, I watched Sports Center that night. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of other stuff going on at the moment. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. Um. It, it's as a state fan and and someone who grew up a state fan, there was always kind of a a love and hate. I think with Stuart Scott in the sense that you know you you um you, you knew he was a Tar Heel through and through, and and you always kind of were uh, not uh, not rubbed the wrong way, but you know, you just you know, it's like, oh, here here we go, Tar Heel highlights. Um, but you know, I think it's it's pretty admirable for a guy that's in his his position to to be able to exude that school pride that he had for the Tar Heels, and you know, it be a part of his you know personality, his persona, and it not be you know. Um, it not get in the way, I guess. You know, there's some some guys, they become so over the top with their love of a certain school or a certain pro team or whatever that it just, you know, it's like, oh, God, it, it, you know. But Stewart was certainly able to do his job while still being a big Tar Heel fan. And it's worth mentioning that, you know, he, even though, you know, he had very strong ties to, um, you know, his Tar Heels, he did a tremendous amount of work with the Jimmy V Foundation and I think had tremendous respect for uh, V and for, you know, what, uh, you know, state and uh, all the local programs were able to do over the course of basketball history. So it's it's a big loss. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm sure you probably saw some of the, the tributes that some of his colleagues at ESPN have done and they're real touching and moving. And it's just, you know. Man, it's just another guy we lose to um, to cancer. So, um, just you know, sad all around. I didn't want to just you know breeze right past it without making at least a little bit of a mention about it. So, um, all right, let's talk about some state basketball. Um, two results we kind of split over the course of the past week. Uh, I want to talk uh, probably at length about the pit game, but uh, we do need to discuss that uh, Cincinnati game. Uh, were you were you there at the game by chance, Julius? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually um, I was there at the Cincinnati game, and that was a that was a tough one to swallow at the time. 
Yeah, I, I can't recall a time I've ever heard Mark Godfrey sound as disappointed in his team as he did after that game. I mean, you know, he's usually a very upbeat coach, even when I think most state fans are displeased with effort or um, perceived effort. Um, you know, he he's always had pretty you know positive things to say in general. But man, he um, made no bones about it in the post game audio that I heard on the radio. He was just really disappointed with the team. Questioned a lot of the guys hard and, and said there would probably be some lineup changes and there were actually as we found out moving forward said that fans de- you know deserved a refund for what they had seen um and i don't think most folks would agree or disagree with that <laughs> um so I, I i guess um you know how how does a team when you know this is really the last opportunity that they get to score a nice non-conference win heading into the conference season how do they come out that flat in a game like that um, I, I think it was more of uh, Cincinnati just coming and bringing their best stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Um, our guys looked like they were out there. Um, they were trying to get back into the game. They were fighting hard. But since he, it was just that night where, you know, um, Cincinnati was the better team for that day. And they, they took full advantage of it. Uh, they definitely um, punched us in the mouth and we had no return for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, another game where you know they used defensive pressure to kind of force State into a lot of turnovers, and uh, that you know it it, um, it was just a, 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 a disjointed game, I guess is a good way to put it for State. Uh, I mean, only 26 points in the first half, just really never was able to you know get any kind of offensive momentum. Um, you know, it was another game where we saw, I guess, the front court kind of you know struggle to score a little bit. Um, you know, I think what Lacey ended up with only six points. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, um, it was a, it was a strong, solid performance for Cincinnati's for sure. But I think, um, a lot of state fans, especially, you know, Mick Cronin was not on the sidelines and I don't know, maybe, maybe, you, uh, as a fan like myself, you kind of read into things like, uh, well, you know, how's an interim coach going to do? Uh, in the place of their, you know, of Mick Cronin and their normal coach, I guess maybe that kind of stuff doesn't really make a huge difference. Um, but they certainly, you know, played well for him, and their game plan uh, worked pretty flawlessly on their end. Oh, for sure. I mean, but I think uh, a lot of it had to do with us. You know, when you have Trevor out there going one for eight, I don't care who we're playing, we're not going to win that game. Mm. Um, you have a uh, our two best scorers, uh, Trevor Lacey and Ross Turner, only combining for 11 points with five turnovers in all the minutes they played. I mean, we're not going to have a chance. Um, um, and as I said before, I mean, Cincy, they, they were ready. Um, and our guys could have been going into the game thinking, you know, because um, a, a team like the Bearcats, they always have that one guy every year that's a star player, and he gets the majority of their points. And, this season, going into that game, you look at the box score, you got guys averaging points, nine points. They didn't really have that one guy that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But they had. They always have a team full of tough kids that's going to give it 110% while they're on the court. And um, they, they, just, they gave us what we needed that night. Yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, as we mentioned, you know, Mark was very displeased uh, with the team afterwards. Um, I remember listening on the radio and, you know, Tony and, and uh, Gary do their post-game show there courtside. And uh, it got to be about uh, 10 or 15 minutes after the game had ended. And normally Coach is well out there and they're, uh, you know, well into their post-game comments with him. And he had still not left the locker room. So you knew it was – uh, the team was getting a good uh, tongue lashing for it. Um, I, and, you know, you look at how they responded in the pit game and, and you know, maybe they got the message. I don't know. It's uh, I guess it's only one game, so we won't really know too much until we go forward from here. But, um, you know, State came out in the pit contest and was uh, really strong from the get-go. Um, held, uh, I mean, one of the best defensive performances I can remember of a Mark Godfrey team. I mean, they, I think they ended up holding Pitt to something like 32% shooting for the game, which is just, you know, phenomenal. Wow. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not that Pitt didn't have some, some decent looks. They couldn't, they, they had a lot of, I guess, uh, baskets, uh, around there or shots around the rim that just didn't go down. But, um, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to the state's defense as well for, uh, forcing them into those tough shots and, you know, as I was watching on TV, uh, Dan Bonner kept mentioning how State would force Pitt to get late into the shot clock, and when it would get down under 10 seconds in the shot clock, Pitt never had an answer. They never had a, a, an ability to score late in the clock, uh, which is what they usually like to do. So, uh, you know, you can say State responded pretty well in that game, and they get a big win over Pitt. Uh, were you at that game as well by chance? Um, no, no, I wasn't at that game, um, mm-hmm. but I, I've watched. Um, and just the way we came out, uh, playing against Pittsburgh, you know it's going to be a tough, rough game. If it was football, it will be considered a ground-and-pound game with Pitt. <laughs> um, they're just going to you know, put their helmets down and try to push you through the mud. But for us to hold them to 20 points in the first half, that was key. That mm-hmm. was showing um, the right kind of response that we needed after that Cincinnati game. And then to come out on fire in the second half, to shoot 16 for 27, uh, 59% in the second half, I mean, and turn the game into a blowout win, uh, I think that showed a, a lot of guts uh, for our young team. Yeah, and, and you saw some uh, some great performance uh, out of Caleb Martin. I mean, uh, <laughs> he, he, nearly, he nearly destroyed a guy. Uh, it, well, he nearly killed himself in the process. Oh, yeah, that, that dunk attempt was crazy. <laughs> When he took off, I was like, "He's not, he's not going to get there." And he, and I guess truthfully, he 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 didn't. He, I mean, he got his hand on the rim. He, he didn't quite flush it, but uh, man, he's just freaky athletic. He and his brother both, obviously. Um, but uh, you, you know, you start to see kind of the potential that he had. He definitely had that look in his eye, like he wanted to take the game over, and. Uh, I mean that's good. That's what you want to see. I mean, you know, some of that fire, I guess, is what was missing in that Cincinnati game. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, I feel like when a uh, coach has uh, Caleb in the game, we're going to get that energy—a long defender, um, a shooter, uh, a, a penetrator, and a finisher in the lane, a smart player, um, and pretty much somebody that feels like he's the best player on the court every time he's on the court. I mean, I, I was at practice today, and he's just jumping around for office rebounds, the same thing, trying to dunk it on guys. And it's like, dude, they're right there, standing there, 
But it's like if they're not trying to take a charge, he's going to try to dunk on you. Like he's so aggressive, and I, I love the the way he played with that uh, tenacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think his teammates responded as well. And uh, you know, it's it you know it's it's uh it's I guess it speaks to you know what coach was saying about you know being willing to kind of switch up a few things in the lineup. Um, you know, were there were you kind of anticipating that there might be some lineup changes even before that Cincinnati game? Uh, seemed like there was, a, you know, in the previous games there had been some struggles. Um, what, were you shocked, I guess, when uh, State came out with a little bit of a different lineup heading into that pit game, or was that pretty much what you anticipated? Um, I, w- I was a, a little surprised, but I felt like. Uh uh, coach got needed to go in that and the coaching staff needed to go in that direction. Um, mm-hmm. when you have, uh, a young guy like, like Malik, uh, Abu and you, I mean, you just, you can't deny his talent. So it's only for so long where you can just, you know, keep him saddled in and keep him happy on the bench. You know, a guy like that wants to play. Uh, and he's the kind of player where if you just tell him, you know what, Malik, we need you to grab eight, nine ten rebounds go do it he would do it Mm -hmm. um he's that kind of guy and he has that kind of skill um so for us to um you know change it up it was it's just a little bit but uh we got um i think i believe we got uh more out of our bigs uh we had you know lenard coming off the bench but he still had his nine rebounds Mm -hmm. and he still had six points um, BJ only played limited minutes and 16 minutes, but he still had eight points and three blocks. So I think the changes had the guys that were coming off the bench playing um, harder than they usually do, and that that helped us, you know, um, secure a victory. Yeah, I, and I I hope that that kind of shakeup, you know, is able to uh, sustain itself. Uh, you know, I, obviously you don't want to get too far into the season. Where you're constantly shaking things up uh, to try to find some energy, you know. Hopefully, you know things stumble upon a lineup, or at least the messages received by the players that you know, uh, if if you want to, you know, submit yourself in the lineup, you're going to have to bring that kind of an effort every every week. Um, it feels like a simple thing to to ask of a player, you know. You just simply say, if you perform at your what you're capable of. You'll earn your minutes, but I guess that's easier said than done. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with guys in your career, or, or maybe not on state squad, but maybe on other teams as well. That you just saw, you know, lots of talent, but just weren't uh, just weren't living up to that potential. Uh, is, was that frustrating? I guess. Um, it's frustrating at times. Um, if I ever had a big man like that, uh, when I in the lane i just want to get the ball mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's really simple um but uh the my personality was if i saw a guy loafing or being lazy in practice um i wouldn't hesitate to call him out in front of everybody um i think uh nowadays you know guys are such are friendly with each other and you want to be rightfully so um that's how great teams are built um i always went with the idea that you know teams that Teams that get into it uh, during preseason, during practices, might even have a little scuffle, um, fight tooth and nail against each other in practice, and then off the court, 
they are also cool and good friends. Those are the teams that go far in March. Mm-hmm. And those are the teams that win a lot in the regular season. So I think it has to be a little bit more of um, guys um, being leading, uh, leading rather in that way in terms of calling guys out like, hey, man, hey, BJ, you're the biggest guy in our league and you're probably the, the nimblest. You can move. We need you to get in here five days a week working on your game, shooting hooks, shoot 100 hooks. That's it, 100 hooks each hand every day. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot, but it's probably going to take you about 25 minutes. You're shooting five feet away from the basket. Get on the treadmill, you know, three <laughs> days out the week. You know, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, put in extra work. Just don't do what, you know, you have to do. And BJ's been doing a, a good job of um, getting some extra work in early on in the season. But um, I think he needed a little push and, you know, coming off the bench and, playing minimal minutes, you know, being put in a position where, hey, if I don't play well in these um, these minutes right here, they may even, you know, go down even more and be even shorter. So I think he, he responded to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm it, sorry. I, I couldn't just continue to go and talk <laughs> subliminally about it. I had to, <laughs> yeah, I had the name. Yeah, I was, I was talking about BJ, but he responded. So that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know how you are with other former players that transferred, uh, you know, who were a little soft uh, that you oh, spoke subliminally yeah. about. Oh, yeah. See, we, we don't have any of those guys. We don't have any soft right. guys this year. <laughs> Good. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no guys who are dealing with it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Well, uh, we're going to need a team full of uh, not soft guys. Boy, that was a good segue, right? Um, <laughs> we've got a, a really rough stretch coming up here. Um, we head to Virginia for our midweek game on Wednesday and then face Duke uh, on Saturday. And then uh, a week from Wednesday, we'll be hosting Carolina. So you travel to the uh, number three team, host the number two team, and then turn right back around and host the number 18 team. Uh, The last two, of course, who happen to be your uh, crosstown rivals. Um, So, yeah, this is a pretty huge stretch for State coming up here. Um, I guess, you know, taking the old one game at a time mantra, you know, how do you see the Virginia game shaking out? Is is um, the state having um, an offensive answer for that pack line defense? Do you think? Um. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Virginia's tough. Yeah. Um. I I definitely seeing seeing it being a you know a high, a high forty low fifty point game. Mm-hmm. Um. It's going to be some great defense. It's going to be some offensive scoring droughts. Mm. Um, and we're going to have to make big shots uh, down the stretch to win. Um, I don't think it's going to be a route um, either way. It's going to come down to the wire, you know, the last five minutes of the game, um, making free throws and, you know, uh, executing down the stretch. So I believe we have the best player between the two teams and Trevor Lacey. Mm-hmm. So if, Trevor's on top of his game, and you know what Virginia's going to do. They're going to throw Justin Anderson on him, and he's going to try to lock him up. And Trevor's just so good at creating space to get his shot off. I um, mean, he, he's so quick mm-hmm. uh, in his offensive movements to get his own shot. Um, I don't feel like uh, Anderson will be able to stay with him, but, you know, we shall see. Yeah, um, 
we we haven't talked about Trevor really much this show, but I was watching that pit game not to go back, but I, I, there were just moments in that game where it was like um, I tried to to tweet this out and then the wording didn't come out all that well, so I never hit send on it. But it <laughs> felt like um, I'm sure you've seen the movie The Matrix, right? Yeah, you know the part the end where Neo kind of becomes part of the Matrix or whatever, and he's just He's, you know, he's just a blur. It feels like Trevor has plugged into the Matrix, and he's just ahead. He's just a half a second ahead of everybody else. Um, that one play, like um, it, there, I guess he got an offensive rebound, and in it was almost as if it was one smooth motion where he just caught it, and then just handed it over to to Turner, and you know, he knocked down a three. It was it was a fluid it was as fluid a motion as you'll ever see uh, a guy make in in a pressure situation right there where he's got somebody draped all over him. Um, he's just he's just smooth, just very smooth, and he's a he's a he's an obviously a wonderful uh, player, and, and he's fun to watch. You're glad he's on your team, um, but uh, but yeah, we'll need a, a certainly a big contribution from him uh, and from Ralston as well because. Um, it's going to be really difficult trying to get anything uh, in the interior against Virginia's defense. Um, yeah, they're they're tough. Uh, um, but I was going to ask you about um, you mentioned scoring droughts, and you know certainly there were there were, every team goes through them. But you know I'm wondering what sort of coaching um, you know perspective you've gained over the years from your different coaches as to how to deal with. You know, like a five minute or so scoring drought. You know, it's, I'm sure it's, it's cliche and, and, um, all the different things that you can say or, or advice that you give, but, you know, how difficult is it regaining your footing as you're in the midst of one of those droughts? And what can a coach do to try to get their team out of it? Um, I've always been taught, you know, if you're in a scoring drought, you want to try to get in the lane. So, um, penetrate the lane, uh, get around your guy and um, cause a, 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 a two-on-one situation where you can uh, feed somebody that's open and get an open shot or, you know, throw it in the post um, if you have a, um, a good big man and, you know, try to get in there and get a score. Uh, mm-hmm. Pick and roll is also um, good for scoring droughts. Um, pretty much you want to cause a defensive laps and then um, look for maybe the big rolling or again a, a, a open shot. Um, but you know, and in and, and you know, also the old school way is get to the free throw line. You get mm-hmm. to the free throw line by getting close to the basket, um, getting a shot in the lane. Yeah, I was trying to go back to the uh, pit stats to see how we shot from the free throw line in that game. We didn't go, but uh, only took nine trips, but hit eight of the nine. So that's encouraging to see that. Some of that free throw shooting woe that we had seen earlier in the year, at least for that game, was not an issue. So, yeah, you know, those things that you mentioned, you know, tossing it inside to your big and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, create some, uh, get past your man on your way to the basket. Man, those are things that Virginia excels at, uh, taking away from you. So it's, um, I guess that's why we see so many scoring droughts against the Cavaliers, just because they do a lot of those things that prevent you from getting those easier opportunities around the basket. So uh, it'll be tricky. It will definitely be tricky. 
So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, and I guess uh, the the Duke game will happen before our next show. Uh, any thoughts about that game as well? Um, you know, I, I, I certainly like our chances better against Duke than Virginia, just simply f- for the fact that we're at home and you were involved in a, a pretty notable upset of Duke uh, at your time at NC State. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I do – even logically, it doesn't make sense that you would say you feel good about a, a matchup against the number uh, two team in the country. But um, I don't know. I I just I, – history has said that uh, that seems like it might be the better opportunity of the two games uh, to get a win. I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, I feel like uh, I like our chances versus Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I know they're not going to score 100 points or 90 points or, or even 80. Um, <laughs> Duke can drop 100 on you. <laughs> right. And we're about 30 points. So um, I definitely feel like they'll be a bigger threat, even though we'll have home court advantage. But uh, this Virginia game, I feel like we can get this. You know, we have to make sure um, we could get uh, Ralston some open shots. And he may have to do a little bit of coming off those screens and pump faking and taking a dribble or two. Um, into a pull-up or again to the lane, um, and Trevor's going to have to be exceptional. Uh, our our young bigs are going to have to rebound the ball, but first they're going to have to box out, and we're going to have to make free throws uh, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. If our uh, two guards, you know Anthony Barber, you know Cat and Trev, they can uh, go out there um, and have high assist-to-turnover ratios, uh, I feel like we'll win the game. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, there with turnovers, um, you know, minimizing those certainly will be a, a big key because that's been what's been killer against us, it's particularly in that uh, West Virginia and uh, Cincinnati game. So, uh, yeah, they can protect the ball. And, and, I mean, gosh, the way Virginia, you know, likes to grind out, you know, possession by possession, you know, each time you get the ball, you better make something of it. I uh, certainly don't want to turn it over and, uh, give Virginia any easy buckets and limit your opportunities uh, offensively. I think that was a, a, a one big cliche in, in a, just a big tight sentence there, just a massive cliche sentence. Um, uh, all right. Uh, before we let you get out of here, Jules, uh, we, um, you, um, you tweeted at me that you were reticent about, um, doing the Ask Jules hashtag because of some notable, uh, <laughs> disasters yes, with uh, yeah after the ags r kelly the ags bill cosby <laughs> ags monica Lewinsky, please <laughs> yeah ask james somebody asking me anything <laughs> yeah uh well you'll be happy to know that uh my uh my reach in the twitter sphere is pretty limited so uh it <laughs> you know the folks at espn or fsu twitter didn't run with it and uh bombard you with a bunch of um uh naughty ones um but uh we we did get a couple here so uh, i'll fire them at you real quick um lee odom uh at moto brew he uh wants to know uh please ask uh julius hodge when he will be added to the coaching staff of pacman's basketball so i i don't know it it makes it sound like the way he's worded it that it's uh, a foregone conclusion but uh <laughs> I, I, and i know that you've mentioned it in our our prior discussions uh when we've had you on the show but um uh, you know you're still playing ball uh here and uh overseas i guess i should say um you know from time to time so i you know 
I don't know if you've thought about when coaching might become a reality, if uh, if and when a timetable has been set, or if you're just kind of letting things come to you. Um, I'm just pretty much waiting for the um the right opportunity. Um, I've been asked um a couple places and offered jobs, but um I pretty much have uh two destinations that I really got my my mind set on and. I think, uh, Mr. Odom, that's probably a question you want to ask Coach Gott or ask <laughs> Debbie Yao. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 he gave you a lot of authority in the uh, the, yeah, the hiring yeah. process. Yeah, if it was up to me, I'll probably be the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely that up to me. <laughs> Debbie, we need to restructure Mark's contract. And by that, I mean make me the head coach. <laughs> um. All right, uh, John Koval, who is uh, at NCSU Pie Master, um, he says, uh, "Remember that crazy dude that sat behind the opponent's bench at home games and wore a fedora." Um, I, I'm assuming that he might be referring to himself. Uh, I don't know if you happen to remember a gentleman during your playing days who always wore a fedora hat, um, but uh, he wanted to know that. Uh, do you have any uh, fans that uh, over their years stood out? Um, guys that uh, every time you saw them in the crowd, they were uh, wearing something uh, notable that just uh, was humorous or you had a good laugh at? Um, man, I, I don't remember them. Uh, but anybody else that really stood out? Uh, I remember when when I was uh, in school uh, during and in the Student Wolfpack Club, we had a guy that we referred to as Bike Helmet Guy. And he just wore a bike helmet to every game. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was an interesting cat. Um, friend of our show, uh, Chris Hathcock, who um, does the microphone thing in front of the uh, student section at football games, he used to always wear a cape, I believe, to uh, you know basketball games. So we've, oh, okay, okay. We've, we've had some guys over the years who uh, have kind of developed their own thing, uh, and it's it's always fun. Obviously, being in the stands as a student, I highly encourage any student out there, if you haven't had the opportunity to do it, get down in there and just see what it's all about because it is a lot of fun. Um, all right, and the last one here uh, from Chris Gavin, uh, who is at King Lazy Bones, uh, which is a pretty good Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he wants to know, what player throughout NC State history would you most want to play with and why? I think you may have already played with uh, a couple of them during some of the three-on-three -three, uh, competitions. Uh, the one that you won, I think, with, uh, what was it? Um, with Corch and, and Rodney Monroe. Yeah, Corch is definitely, I would love, would have loved to play with Corch. Uh, man, I would have probably uh, averaged probably about 25 points. You'd have gotten more than one double, du or one triple-double, I'm pretty sure. You, you yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> definitely would have had more than one triple-double. <laughs> Um, yeah, he he was uh, he was the guy. Him and Chucky uh, and Rodney were the three guys that I really looked up to as a kid, following state basketball. Just um, you know, uh, uh, particularly Corch and Rodney, and just I mean, they were they were lethal. You couldn't leave either one of them. Um, you know, Rodney could put forty on you in a heartbeat, and I mean, I mean, Corch, you know, obviously. You know he's he's been on their show several times and uh, you know he's we we always like to joke that he still is the NCAA record holder in terms of assists per game because Bobby Hurley 
you know, he managed to play like another 12 games in his career. So I still consider him the, uh, the NCAA record holder in assists. Um, but, uh, you know, people forget about how good he was at stealing as well. I mean, he would pick your pocket just as, you know, easy as you please. So, um, exactly. He was, he was something else. And, um, Good guy. We, we enjoy having him on the show. So we enjoy having you on the show too, Jules. We really appreciate it when you, uh, are able to come on with us. Um, uh, do you want to plug, uh, your podcast with Mark Armstrong, um, who's trying to horn in on the podcast market that I've cornered here in the right? We're trying to uh, take all your fans, <laughs> <laughs> your listeners. But, um, yeah, we, we got, um, our own podcast, uh, called The Brain Trust, mm-hmm. where, you know, we're talking, um, triangle acc sports uh um yeah and it's it's kind of awesome so yeah guys you could come listen to us as well yeah that's um of course mark armstrong from wtvd 11 here we've had him on the show um and he's he's good people and uh it's you and robbie uh fraser and uh, there's a duke gentleman as well whose uh name i'm not really that familiar with um, he's, he's, he's not been able to make it, I think, because yeah, of cell yeah, phone he, issues. He hasn't been on yet, so I can't even plug him. It's just me, Bobby, and Mark for now. Right. So he has to get on one show for me to plug him. And a player to be named later. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a, it's a good, easy listen, and Mark does a great job with it. So, uh, be sure to check that out. I'm sure you can find it on iTunes and, all the the normal venues. That's the the brain trust. So it's the one. If you're wondering if I've got the right one, it's the one with the basketball on one side and the brain on the other. So uh, you'll you'll know it as soon as you see the the picture. Um, Julius, thank you again, man. I really appreciate you making some time to to come on the show. And uh, if you got any uh, closing or parting thoughts uh, about the uh, upcoming slate of uh, Wolfpack basketball, uh, go ahead and share them. I guess or We'll we'll be in the tournament this year. Um, you, you think we still got a shot to to get in? I, I mean, not certainly got a shot. I I, I felt like um, there, after the Cincinnati game, there was a lot of um, you know heavy hearts that maybe that would make things pretty difficult for state getting uh, into the dance from here on out. But I guess when you start two and zero in the conference, that's a that's a good way to kind of. Um, get off on the right foot, at least from a conference standpoint. So you still feel pretty good about state making the tournament. Oh, of course, of course. Um, I mean, we get uh, one of these two wins this week. <laughs> uh-huh. We're right back where we need to be. So um, I don't feel like uh, any of the early losses could possibly hurt us that bad if we, you know, steal one here and there in the conference. Yeah, yeah. Winning on the road at Virginia would certainly be a huge. Uh, feather in our cap um, as we try to make that that tournament uh, bid and and you know uh, man it, it would be nice uh, for Mark and, and for the team and for all of state fans to uh, to have a, a NCAA selection show a little bit devoid of drama I mean I know it's fun and all to have your name be the last one picked off the board and to um, you know, have the the controversy surrounded us when we steal a bid from other schools, quote unquote. But uh, you know, I could live with a nice three seed once in a while, you know, or, or a five seed. That'd be that'd be pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, to have a a secured seed. Believe me, I, I would love to have that as well. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's take let's take what we can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, you know, walk before you run and those sorts of things. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, again, Jules, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I guess that'll do it for this week's episode of the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.